We have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction. Des and Troy. You see, when you put them together, they destroy. company. Hang on. Welcome back in Daily Destroyer, the DFS show on the Dynasty Warzone Network. As always, I'm your host, Tyler, with my co-host, Lou. Ready to bring you some great information here for week eight. Before we jump in, wanted to recap how week seven went for us. Uh, not, not The hot streak has ended for me. It was a bad week six, and week seven wasn't much better. Won 38% of my head-to-heads. Don't love to see it, but also better than the last week. Where I, I fell apart a bit was I, pl- I played uh, Chuba. Didn't love to see that with not even 10 points. Fell for that Ridley uh, chalk. 12 points, not very good. And then I also, uh, like a fish, played Mooney. Tried to believe in in the Bears in the pass against the uh, the Bucks, but the Bears are truly that bad. So between Mooney, Ridley, and Chuba, that's what really killed me last week. Still made still made some money, still made some money back, but it was not a profitable week for me. Lou, how did week seven go for you? Yeah, not enough focus on trying to get Cup uh, and more kind of like what you said I was, I was stuck on playing Ridley with that value and didn't allow me to move pieces to get up to cup um and that's really what determined the week so it wasn't wasn't the best week I had some gpp teams that did all right um brady stacks and overall wasn't the best but we'll get back at it this week that's what we're doing man that's what we're doing let's start it off like we always do quarterbacks man uh, the first guy that's going to stick out, I think it's going to be pretty obvious. It's a pretty safe cash play at this point in time. It's going to be Jalen Hurts against the Lions. We know the Lions defense isn't as god-awful as they have been, but they're still bottom 10 defense, pretty easy to attack. And then you look at Jalen Hurts, 72, pretty solid price, especially with some of these like Dak Prescott's and Lamar Jackson's off of the slate. I mean, the dude has gotten at least 21 DK points every single week this year. You can feel pretty safe in your lineup getting you in that 20 to 25 range. And when he's playing a defense like the Lions, it feels even better. I know there's some like stuff going on in real football, talks of Hurts getting pulled possibly. I'm not really sure how much truth there is to that, but regardless, he's playing against the Lions. And uh, the points come in the fourth quarter, but the points are points are counted the same no matter when they are scored. So 7,200 playing Hurts in cash seems like a lock. Lou, any thoughts to add? Yeah, the the idea of him getting pulled, I think, is that's really the only risk playing him this week. Uh, But the idea is, like, you're you're playing the Lions, so are they really going to pull you mid-game in the Lions? Because it's kind of tough. I think if you're losing to the Lions, it's more likely that you could come back. Uh, And if you're going to throw in a a backup quarterback at that point mid-game, like you said, I think it might be more realistic that he would start next week if they lost to the Lions versus them trying to come back. And as we've seen with Hurts, a lot of his garbage time points have been what we've mm-hmm. been chasing, and he you know, backdoors into 20 fantasy points pretty much each week. So that's why he's a pretty solid cash play, I think, because facing the Lions, likelihood of getting touchdowns, Miles Sanders is out, so he might end up running the ball a little more than normal, even though he already runs the ball plenty. So. 
uh, yeah, Hertz is likely a lock for me into cash. And if you want to go a little bit cheaper, another guy that I'm interested in and I think is an okay cash play is going to be Matt Ryan at 5,900. Things have looked a little bit better for the Atlanta Falcons here. Not that their team is much better, but in terms of scoring fantasy points, things have worked out a little bit better. In three of the five weeks, he's cleared 300 yards. In the last five weeks straight, he's had at least two passing touchdowns. You know, in, in this matchup here uh, against Carolina Panthers, who have been uh, pretty bad at creating any pressure, should give Matt Ryan plenty of time to operate with uh, Ridley and Pitts out there. Things there are some weapons and Coro Patterson. Like there, there, there are some there's some positive pieces there on that offense. So it's not a surprise we've seen him actually put up some solid numbers over the past few weeks. Um, you know, he over the last four of the last five weeks, he's had at least 22 points on DraftKings, which is still pretty solid. So 5,900, he's definitely uh, a thought in playing if I need to save some cash. Thoughts on Ryan? Yeah, I think Ryan's all right. Uh, he's kind of been more like the Ryan of old, where now he's he's throwing the ball 40 times a game in the last few weeks. and Over the last five weeks, 40 times. Yeah, yeah in, in five straight games, he has at least two touchdowns. So the floor seems like pretty decent for Ryan. It's not a crazy matchup they're playing at home as we know like historically matt ryan is, is pretty comfortable at home indoors and um i like that call as well maybe more so in tournaments um another cheap guy i have some interest in so it's it's in it, this week specifically it's there's like a huge drop off there's the guys above 7k and then Tannehill, and then everyone's under 6k so it's like a weird drop off in price which i think uh makes tournament builds a lot more more fun this week i like to uh 5500 the the issue in this tough matchup man um yeah bills are favored by 14 but the last two games too is throwing the ball over 40 times each game we saw last week he had that upside he had four touchdowns He's been throwing a few picks like every game this year that he's started and played a full game. He's thrown at least one interception, um, but he has somewhat of a rushing floor that Ryan doesn't have. Uh, he became pretty popular towards the end of the last week and was in a lot of high scoring GPP lineups, but the price hasn't really adjusted up for that. So he's still pretty underpriced. I think 5,500. Um, so what are your thoughts on Tua? Like, I know it's, it's not a great matchup, but they're going to have to throw the ball. He's going to have to try to uh, make stuff work. He's had yeah. a couple straight games with pretty high completion percentage too. So he's throwing um, the ball more often and seems to be more comfortable right now than we saw last year. I'm probably not playing Tua. Um, probably not even playing with tournaments, to be honest. I, 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 I'm of the belief that the Bills' defense is just that elite. I mean, they're top three DVOA in run and pass defense. I mean, they have been absolutely ripping. Like, I mean, you always talk about the offense and Josh Allen and everything, but, you know, I think somewhat overlooked at times is how good the Bills' defense is playing. And I just don't really trust the Dolphins' offense as much. Like, don't really trust Gaskin when we get to that. Like, Parker, who knows if he's going to play or not. Waddle's fine. Gusecki's fine. Like I'm, I'm tempering all expectations for all Dolphins this week and yeah. like he's a season long. So I would say in, in, in DraftKings, regardless of, of what I'm playing, it, it's not somewhere that I uh, would, would be looking. I mean, I would just go yeah. up to Matt Ryan for 4k 400 more, but I guess, I guess that's, that's my idea. Maybe it's more of like a big field play, but um, the volume per dollar, I guess is what interests me because gotcha. I think he's likely going to throw the ball 40 times again 
in this game. Mm-hmm. And um, he has some, some rushing upside to maybe rushing a touchdown. And it, it seems like for him to make value in this spot is higher chance than a Darnold who could easily get pulled again or Baker uh, Lawrence, like the other guys in that range, I, I would prefer playing Tua, but um, yeah, he's not, he's not necessarily a cash play for me because of that matchup. And he could easily come out of this game, just completely shut down. Last guy I want to talk about is Josh Allen, eight one hundred highest uh, quarterback on the slates. You know, he, he started the season slow. Things weren't great, but now he's 8-100, the most he's been all year. And we've seen him clear 32 DK, DK points in three of the last four games. And the Miami, it's the other side of the ball. The the Miami defense has not been great. So, is, is like, are you interested in or thinking of paying that extra 900 to go from Hertz to Josh Allen? Thoughts on Allen? Yeah. I think that salary is a little tight this week as of now. Um, we'll come to it in some of the other positions, but if if some other stuff opens up and we get like 4K running backs or 3K wide receivers or something, then um, I would have some interest going to Allen just because I'd feel I feel more comfortable playing Allen than Hertz. Yeah, but that 900 in salary, um, we're gonna need it. We're gonna yeah, need it. <laughs> I probably will. Um, but I'll, I'd have interest in. I, I think one of the common stacks in GPPs this week are are going to have something like Allen Diggs, uh, and then bring it back with Waddle or, or Jasicki, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I like Allen just in general. But I don't know if I'll be able to get up there. Any other quarterbacks you'd like to talk about before yeah. we shift to running backs? Got another one. Hit me with it. We have Jameis Winston. He's. Uh, coming back to New Orleans this week, and well, we got Bucks, a little game. Yeah, huh? yeah absolutely. Oh, oh, no, yeah, yeah. In New Orleans, he's yeah. coming back to face the Bucks this week in New Orleans, and uh, he's six K. Honestly, like he hasn't done anything super special this year, but I mean, man. The, the, the matchups and the matchups game, and he? the matchups great because it's it's the Bucks. You don't run on the Bucks. No one can run on the Bucks. So you just pass, pass the, the ball Bucks. the whole time. I mean, like, yeah, we saw the Bucks shut down the Bears, but like, honestly, at this point in time, I have no faith in the Bears. And while I don't have a lot of faith in the Saints, like, it, the, there's the revenge game narrative that gets us, yeah. and the matchup is good. So I, I don't hate I mean, it, Lou. What about? <laughs> and I mean, we won't exactly talk about this later, but like, what about opposite revenge game and use? What are the odds on Tampa Bay pick six? You know, like yeah. that'd be something interesting. Because what if what if in the opposite side where it's like, well, they know exactly what James Winston does. They've played him so often, and they know how to expose him. And maybe he just throws four picks in this game, and it's like opposite revenge. So that's <laughs> the other side of it. But I, I figured I'd throw it out there. The problem with Winston is it's like who do you who do you match him up with? Like Callaway. Callaway is kind of cheap, but I mean, I don't know. Winston this season just nothing, hasn't been yeah. the same as Winston in um, and when he if was you play, If you play Winston, I'm playing him naked is very fair. I mean, maybe with Kamara, but it's it's you play him with the Bucks defense. You double yeah, dip. Oh God, <laughs> All right, man. Pool of three quarterbacks. Who are the three quarterbacks you're most interested in going into Week Eight? Yeah, uh, I'll have Hertz, Hertz, Ryan, and Allen. But I think. Um, Someone like Herbert or or Stafford are also interesting in tournaments because 
I mean, they're we know what they can do. They, we know they can easily. And uh, I mean, we'll probably talk about it at running back. But if Eckler is hurt and out of this game, then they might lean a little more on Herbert anyway. So Herbert's probably the other one who I'm I'm going to try to make a lineup with. Um, but I've been playing Brady the last few weeks, and I mean, man, Things this guy good. doesn't age, huh? He's, he's still just putting up stats. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough one, man. Anyways, um, you got your pool three, pool three quarterbacks. Yep. Hurts, um, Ryan, Allen. Um, yeah, Allen. Going to, going to running going to running backs here, man. Uh, the first one got to talk about it for me. At least one of the ones I'm building my lineup around is going to be Daryl Henderson. You know, disappointed last week. We saw his salary rise the, to 66, the highest it's been all year against the soft Lions. But maybe the Lions aren't so soft, and he disappointed a lot of folks. Uh, 9.4 DK points in week seven, but prior to that, he had at least 15 DK points for the last six weeks. Well, I guess, you know, five games because he's out a bit there. But you know what I'm saying. So he's been, he's been on a tear, 6,500. He is a true bell cow on this Rams offense who's absolutely cooking right now. And they're playing the Houston Texans. I mean, we're, we're looking at them being, what, they're like a 15-point, 16-point favorite in this game. Pretty insane uh, from the Rams side. So, like, I am okay going right back to Daryl Henderson at 65. Drops $100 from last week. Um, you know, I can easily just just write off last week like it didn't happen. Yes, it hurt me playing Henderson last week, but uh, I'm going to let that one go just because I know how good this defense is and how cheap Daryl Henderson is with how many touches he does get. Daryl Henderson seems just like a stone lock at this point. Yeah, and I think it would be a little different conversation if um, he scored a touchdown last week. And now it's like... And 15 points again, exactly. It, it It's funny that that was his lowest scoring week of the season. But, I mean, he still had... 15 carries and six targets. So the numbers are there. He's got another great matchup and I, I plan on playing him again. Okay. So once you lock Henderson into your uh, cash lineups here, Lou, what's the next running back that you're most interested in tossing in there? Mixon, uh, 6,900. This seems like the type of spot. I know it. it's weird. He hasn't hit uh, 20 carries since week two, but I think he's fully it's healthy again. Yeah, it's um, hurt, man. It's, it's last pretty easy to week, explain. I mean, it, he's had a touchdown in four straight games. He's facing the Jets, who just got completely run over last week by the Patriots. It doesn't matter which running back they had out there. And the guys behind Mixon are still just an afterthought. Chris Evans, who was taking some of that work off, he's already been rolled out for this game. And so, I mean, maybe P. Ryan has a few touches here and there, but when it comes down to it, like, Mixon's their guy, and in a matchup against the Jets, like the likelihood of him getting 20 touches is pretty high in this game. Yep, and, could be a mixing um, week. I think it's a pretty good mixing week. Could be a good mixing week. I, I I will say I'm I'm not I, like I like mixing his play. He could he could find his way. It would likely have been my pool if I would be sitting here giving out pools, but. There is some concern with P. Ryan, in my opinion. Like, they were blowing out the Bengals last week, and they just took Mixon out of the game. Like, they just straight up took him out of the game and said, you know, P. Ryan, you're going there. We saw, you know, 11 carries for him. So if, if this game gets out of hand, which it easily could, as the Jets are uh, down Corey Davis, they're down. I know Zach Wilson has been good, but they're down Zach Wilson. Like, the, the offense, uh, you know, I think they're implied the total six, Yeah, the Jets implied total is 16 points this week. Like, so like if there's a world where the Bengals are up two or three scores going in the third or fourth quarter, like Mixon could just straight up sit. And that that is what worries me about playing Mixon at 6,900 because I personally, if in, in that like same range of running backs, um, you know, I, I would probably lean Swift at $200 more. 
Yeah, I get that. I think that's the big point, right? Is they kind of did this last week where mm-hmm. they were up big and they eased off of Mixon towards the end of the game because of his his um, injury history, even you know, this year, like recent injury history. And, I mean, Bengals right now, like, compared to last year, you know, Bengals right now look like they could make the playoffs. Win the division. Um, they look like they could legitimately division win the division. winners, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I still probably lean Browns in that. I, I, it kind of depends on the whole, like, Chubb and Hunt thing with them. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Bengals are – this is the maybe the first time in Mixon's career that – they don't have to run him to the ground and they don't no. have to, they can ease into him, especially if they're up big. So that's out of it with 6,900. And, you know, like I said, t- the salary is pretty tight um, this year or this week. So I, I'm not overly trying to shove Mixon onto uh, lineups. So he's definitely behind Henderson for me. Um, and still trying to decide between him and Swift, because like you said, I mean, Swift, has been the guy, but what concerns me is it shouldn't be a concern, but um, I, I just kind of think that the Lions are going to win this game. And in that sense, like maybe Swift isn't going to get five catches. I mean, he's on pace for a hundred catches this year and he has had at least five targets in every game. And so that side of it is like, it's hard yeah. to deny he has a great floor. So I mean, I probably will end up leaning Swift over Mixon uh, yeah. for $200. And even even in that sense, it's like, well, if my concern on price is there, then I would probably drop lower. Um, the issue I have is, like, every running back under 6K is, is kind of meh. It's pretty it's garbage, tough. man. It's pretty um, garbage. So th- you are saying earlier about uh, Damian Harris you like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can I can take that just just real quick here because I think that, in my opinion, in that in that pretty much at the same range is people will probably go back to Chuba. I, I, I expect Chuba's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he has like some like 18 ownership, uh, maybe twenty and some cash, but he still is that guy, and I think people are going to look at that Atlanta matchup and be like, let's throw Chuba back in there. And I get it, and I think he's a fine play, but I look at Damian Harris, and I think there's a couple key pieces that I am really. Uh, you know, I think he's a good play even in cash this week. Uh, taking a look at the Chargers. So the Chargers have been an absolute run funnel for, for the majority of this year. I mean, think about the Bucks being a pass funnel. It's like the opposite of that. Chargers um, have been quite elite against the pass. Their fifth DVOA, their pass defense. and their, But their run defense is dead last. So 32nd DVOA run defense and 32nd in yards allowed per, per carry. I mean, the Chargers run defense is abysmal. Right. So, you know, there is some concern, like, you know, if the pats go down a bit that, you know, they're going to throw the, you know, give the ball to whoever, you know, that, that guy is that way Bolden or JJ Taylor or whatnot. But, you know, Vegas seems to think this game is going to be pretty close. I mean, the pats are only five point dogs um, away dogs. So like, at the end of the day, like, you know, if you factor in the fact that they're away dogs at five points, like they expect this to be easily a one score game. So if this game's close, Damon Harris should feast against this terrible chargers run defense. I mean, he's been on a tear lately. He, over the last two weeks, He's had 32, 32 rushes, 207 rush yards, and three touchdowns. So I just – I think there's a room here, and I know it's a bit of a risk because he doesn't get work in the pass game. But at the same time, like just the way he's been playing, the way that the Patriots have been feeding him the ball and how bad the Chargers' run defense is that I would prefer to play Damian Harris for $100 more than Chuba this week. 
Yeah, and I I have somewhat of an interesting Damian Harris take where you'd think based on like what you said that he'd be decent cash, but I think he's better tournaments because it's the type of thing where you're you're playing him to get a hundred yards and a touchdown or mm-hmm. you know, maybe multiple touchdowns. Um I'm not overly concerned with what happened last week because they were just so far ahead they didn't really need him and they were um putting in Bolden or, or JJ Taylor and kind of just you know Belichick playing with them. But um I think for Harris because of his floor being that much lower, like he comes out of this game with six points, I wouldn't be surprised. Um that's where I, I kind of prefer him in, in GPPs in that way because you're leveraging him off of these other guys who say like um uh, maybe not Chuba but say like Fournette for mm-hmm. a couple hundred more like you're playing him to to not play them who might get like hyped up more and people don't like to play Damian in GPPs because he doesn't really have the passing game upside so um I like the call I think uh he's I think I do prefer him over Fournette this week. It's kind of yeah. tough because Fournette Saints has run. just been getting Saints run defense is good though, man. Saints run, yeah. Saints run defense is just good, and they're. I just feel like I feel like like that brings us to maybe talk about Brady. I mean, like I just think they're gonna torch him through the air, man. Yeah, yeah, and so I kind of like that call. Uh, I one thing I brought up to you earlier that could come up this week is if Austin Eckler were to be out. Um, if Alex Collins were to be out, Miles Sanders is out. Like, are we looking at some of these backup running backs in the sub 5K range? Uh, I'm guessing if Eckler's out, that Roundtree will get the bulk of the carries. Um, Jackson's probably more likely to be in the pass game, but it seems like they've been off of Kelly uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Roundtree at forty four hundred against the Patriots, like doesn't sound terrible. And then if Collins were to be out, then I don't know. It doesn't seem like Penny is no, like much yet. It. But like, not doing it. I mean, DJ Dallas, Homer, and Penny, like maybe Homer. But that it's one would be there. interesting. I, I uh, think we're. We're talking sub five here. Michael Carter's the guy that I feel most comfortable playing. Tevin Coleman is out once again. It's just him and Ty Johnson. I believe Michael Carter is a much better back than Ty Johnson. You know, he's seen at least thirteen. He's seen at least ten carries in the, in the last uh, three games, and we saw his his targets blow up last week. I mean, nine targets for eight catches. Don't expect that every single week. But now with Tevin Coleman out of the picture, um, Corey Davis is is now out and playing with Mike White. I know there's that narrative. I don't have much to back it up, but, you know, getting the ball out quick, um, you know, it, it leads me to, you know, another game where we see Michael Carter get, you know, 10, 12 carries on the ground, maybe not for much, but six or seven targets through the air for five or six catches at, at 4,900. I feel like the floor is pretty decent. I mean, he's cleared 10 DraftKings points uh, for the last five games. So there's something, you know, he's two X's salaries at the very least um, over the last mm-hmm. four, last five games. So I look at my, when I, when we talk about like, you know, injury, you know, who are we thinking about playing? Like, you know, Tevin Coleman's out. So like, if we're talking about like that kind of situation, I would rather play Carter than any of those chargers or CL guys. Yeah. And it definitely makes sense because it, and with Corey Davis out. Yeah. It, the likelihood that Carter, we already know he has a role that they're carving out and it seems like they're trying to really force the, we drafted this guy. Let's see what he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I like Carter. Um, I played him on a couple teams last week, but unfortunately paired them with the Jets who had negative points. But um, yeah, I mean, if if you even looking at his game log, like he's getting double digit points in most of these games. And I mean, he's got three straight games with double digit fantasy points and he hasn't even hit 40 rushing yards yet. That doesn't yeah. tell you that he probably has a pretty decent floor and his upside, we haven't even seen it yet. So say that, say this guy ends up getting 18 carries for 80 yards, then, I mean, his, he's probably getting 20 points in this game. So um, 4,900, like, that's a pretty solid play. Well, and people might get that fancy, oh, these guys are out, let me play him. And um, so would you prefer similar price range Michael Carter to uh, say Alex Collins, who's yes. fifty three hundred. Yeah, just because Alex Collins is not getting much pass work and he's a little dinged up, like I feel better about you know Alex. It's nice Collins is probably gonna get fifteen carries if he plays, um, and the, the matchup is pretty soft. But they're, they're cycling backs in and out there. I mean, we saw we saw Penny get what seven nine or somewhere on their touches last week. Like DJ Dallas wasn't the thing, but Homer still like I I don't I don't want to play the guessing game here with the yeah. Seattle backfield. I mean, it's just. It's just really not worth it. Now I'll I'll take the background the same price that I feel better about the passing floor just because those catches are, are worth so much more on DraftKings, you know. Yeah, and I think um, the others in that range that people might talk up is uh, Gainwell, Boston Scott. But I mean, like I like I said, like Carter, we know what we're getting from Carter, and all of these other situations seems like they'll get split more than the Carter role. Yeah, I mean, and my hot take on that is I think Boston Scott outscores Gainwell this week in terms of fantasy points. I think yeah. he's the guy. Which I don't think it's like overly hot of a take. No, no but, it's not. Um, but there's people who love Gainwell out there, I guess. People are way. all about Gainwell. But, yeah, it seems like, um, what do you say, Boston Scott was the guy in the red zone yeah. last week. So Three green zone touches um, last week. I mean, that really game. limits Gainwell because you're playing Gainwell hoping that he gets like a touchdown. I think I saw – um, some a tweet that they're saying think of Gainwell like Chase Edmonds, where he might get five to seven catches in this game, but the likelihood of him getting a touchdown is relatively low unless he gets a touchdown from like so, twenty plus yards. And I think the way that I look at this, Lou, is I think Gainwell's role doesn't change, and I think Boston Scott is Miles Sanders' direct backup. That's like the way yeah. that I'm sort of looking at this is like, you know, maybe he's a little bit of an uptick, but like I think Gainwell's role is pretty cemented in what it is. And I don't expect to see a ton of um, increased usage out of Gainwell, but I expect Boston Scott to kind of come in and, and take over that, that Miles Sanders role. Probably not in terms of snaps, because there are some weeks there where we saw Miles Sanders like clear 70% of the snaps. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're looking at more of like a 50, 50, 60, 40 split. But, um, you know, I, I view, you know, Gainwell as having his own, role in that offense and Boston Scott being Miles Sanders direct backup. And then last guy, I, I feel like we have to talk about him um, is Jonathan Taylor, man. He, he's, he's playing the freaking Titans. It's a bad defense. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has had scored 22 DK points over the, like at least over the last four, four weeks. I mean, he's gotten, he's gotten 22, 31, 34, and 23. He's done it on a, a decent amount of limited work, but it does appear um, I know if anyone's out there playing or rostering Heem Hines, it's pretty much dead at this point. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, man, it's it, the, the the touches aren't necessarily great. We did see 18 um, rushes last week with three targets, but he is that guy that can just bust a long play, and he's playing a pretty bad 
um, defense. So, I mean, it's 7,200. I, I feel like we at least have to talk about Jonathan Taylor as a guy that there's some interest in at that price with that kind of floor over the last four weeks. And I think if uh, everyone wants to be on Swift, like each year is projecting Swift ownership around 20% and uh, Jonathan Taylor at like 14. So you have some leverage there for pretty much a similar price range, similar expected points. And Jonathan Taylor, I mean, when was the last time we had a, a Naheem Hines watch? Like, yeah, it, seems, it seems like they, they know I guess they game script wise, they've been having a, a, the last two games. They've had a little easier matchups and this game's arguably an easy matchup too. But um, the last few games they've had um, the lead and he has five touchdowns in the last four games uh, rushing. He also has that, that long, 70 yard uh first play of the game that he had against the the ravens that um you could argue that uh swift did something similar last week and and that's why people are on him like if you take out swift's long touchdown the first play of the game um yes last week then he only has 16 fantasy points so that's kind of like the i think that might be an, an interesting decision this week between those two uh, where are you going to go? Because Jonathan Taylor probably has the, the higher upside of touches. Mm-hmm. Um, but Swift, obviously, with having a, a higher upside of catches that um, he can make up for if Jonathan Taylor doesn't hit the 100-yard bonus or, or gets a touchdown. Pool of five running backs, week eight. You can go with uh, Henderson, Swift. Mixon, Carter, and Damian Harris. Love it, man. Moving over to the wide receivers. Um, you know, I, I guess like before we move over to wide receivers, I think we we didn't talk about Derrick Henry. Um, and it seems like we're both fading him because we didn't talk about him. Um, just wanted to touch on it real quick. Is is there a reason yeah. why we didn't talk? Like, what is your reason to not bringing him up? I got one myself, but I wanted to hear. Um, a little tougher matchup. He hasn't been as efficient as a run. It's so weird to say, but he hasn't been as as efficient uh, as a runner. I know he's already almost at a hundred or a thousand yards on the season, but he also is almost at two hundred carries. So um, his average yards per carry have actually been down this year, and he's just getting there on volume. Um, and at some point, we're going to keep seeing weeks like last week where. Um, for for 9200 he was last week he only had 16 points which just isn't enough at that price so he's at the the point now where he's getting a lot more ownership because people are are chasing those three touchdown 100 plus yard games um so his upside is clearly there but i think the downside risk when you're paying that much in salary um i'm sure we're gonna come to it now but like cooper cup just seems way more safe of a play Let's let's start there then. Wide receivers. Cooper Cup, man. Thoughts? I'd like to get Cooper Cup in. It, it's tough this week. This is where someone like Michael Carter becomes a lot more interesting because there's not a ton of cheap options to fit Cup. And I don't know. I, I think I kind of talked about it last week too, but it's tough. He's a 9K wide receiver, but he's facing the, like the worst team in the league. And he's getting what 30% of um, 30% of the target share 
He's getting so many games with multiple touchdowns, 100 yards with ease. He has at least 10 uh, targets every game, even in games that they're winning by a lot. And it just seems they're trying to go through him. And he's getting a lot of long receptions. He has at least a 30-yard reception in the last four games. He only has one game this year without a 30-plus yard reception. So he's getting targeted down the field. Uh, Matthew Stafford loves the fact that he could throw to Cooper Cup every week. And even in games against like the Lions last week, he had 10 receptions in a game that they should have you know, smashed the Lions. So I think people might get too fancy and, and think, oh, they're just going to destroy the Texans. But this team is um, expected based on um, just odds, 31 uh, real-life points, and that's four touchdowns. So, I mean, are you expecting – Daryl Henderson to get all four of those touchdowns? No, no, so, I'm not. I mean, like, like I, I, I don't know if I can fit Cup, but at the same time, like, not tough. playing Cup has burned me more time. I mean, like, I have not um, made a profit the last two weeks, and I have not played Cup the last two weeks. So, like, for yeah. me to say, say, hey, don't play Cooper Cup, um, you know, I feel like I'm not in a position to say that. So, I mean, if I can fit Cup, I'm going to do it. I haven't finished with my lineup construction this week, but Cup is just like, needs, I mean, like, he's that guy uh, that's like Devontae Adams in the years past. It's been like Michael Thomas, like two, three years ago, where it's like, you just play him every single week and see yeah. what else you can fit because it's just an absolute lock for 25, 30 points. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And you can argue that it's safer to play a high-end wide receiver um, than a high-end running back because running back, they're, they're so much more, their point total is so much more uh, dependent on touchdowns than uh wide receivers unless someone like well we didn't really talk about kamara but someone who can get like a bunch of receptions as a running back so that's where i lean cup over over henry for just the fact that henry needs to really rack up a bunch of yards and get touchdowns and last week if henry didn't throw a touchdown then he would have had what like 11 points or something Mm -hmm. so yeah i like cup it's hard to get a it's hard to fit him in uh that's where Playing someone like a Michael Carter or some of these cheap wide receivers would work. Um, kind of going off of that point, like you do Van Jefferson, who's on the same team as Cup for $5,000 cheaper, and you're still getting exposure to that 31-point total. But um, Van Jefferson is, is not as sexy as a play. He's probably only going to get you like three, yeah. four catches for like 40 yards. Maybe he gets a touchdown. But um, yeah, I... I like Cup, especially since the upper end options. Like we don't have a Tyreek Hill who's gonna who could break the slate. We don't have a Devonte Adams who could break the slate. Like the higher end wide receivers, the are slate breakers Stephon are pretty much Diggs, gone. I mean, Diggs could do it, but he hasn't. Play. Yeah, like he's he's not breaking slates this year. And in a game where they're favored by two uh, two touchdowns, he might not be needed to do much. And then it's like Mike Williams who could, I guess, but. Um, that's the other side. It's like the, these other guys around there don't really have the same upside that Cup has. Yep. And then two, two other wide receivers I expect to be decently highly owned that I have some pretty serious interest in um, and good matchups. I mean, like, actually, let's, let's just make it three guys, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Um, same range. Calvin Ridley, going back to him, I know it might hurt you, but at 6,600, again, we know what he's capable of. Uh, Chris Godwin, 6,400, no AB. We expect Marshawn Lattimore, who is pretty much just locked up Evans the last, oh, say, 
don't know, four or five like times they've met. And then finally, AJ Brown, 6,900, no Julio in a matchup against the Colts defense. Uh, we're not playing, we're not playing Henry. So, I mean, that's, that's basically us saying that, you know, if, if we expect the Titans to score through the air for the most point. So there's, those are the three guys that I'm looking at, you know, similar range, AJ Brown, 69, Calvin Ridley, 66, and Godwin, 64. Your thoughts on those three and who you're most interested in? I think Godwin, um, just because, like, I mean, he was he was high on my list last week too, but um, yeah, Godwin, he he just sees a volume play as well, and they love throwing the ball. Brady's just having an incredible year. It seems like they're going for records for Brady left and right. Um, they're just going to keep throwing the ball. And did you hear the quote from Brady after the um, – 600 touchdown no what is that so so evans gave the ball out gave the ball away they had to like get it back and brady's like ah if he's just gonna keep giving the ball to him i'm not gonna throw him another touchdown all year so i mean if you want to go off of that narrative and, and think that he was serious about it but then i mean godwin's just gonna get all of the work but yeah i mean it's the type of thing where in these situations i mean i talk about it a lot where i'm just gonna play the cheaper of the two and Evans is six hundred more dollars, so Damn. that that makes it so easy to me. And Evans last week had three touchdowns, which is really funny. Evans had three touchdowns and only outscored Godwin by three fantasy points. Not Godwin surprised. only had one touchdown, so That's... Godwin is more the type of guy who, who can get you double digit. Um, he's going to get you double digit targets, and in this game against the the Saints, like you said, like the saints have been the nemesis to Evans pretty much yeah, his whole career. For sure. And Marshawn Lattimore pretty much owns it, man. So, um, yeah, I really like Godwin. Who are the cool. other ones that you're saying? It was Ridley. That? Thoughts on Ridley 66. Yeah. Is so that, Ridley, I, I still all? got like the bad taste in my mouth from last fair, week, fair. but, um, it's pretty much the same play this week. And if people are going to be off of him because of what happened last week, that's just more of the reason to play him. I still think he is, relatively underpriced because we know what his upside is. But now that uh, Pitts is there and getting a lot of this work now, um, I think that somewhat limits Ridley's upside because in the past, his it really came from, well, Julio doesn't get touchdowns. They don't really throw the tight end. And Ridley's the guy that's getting touchdowns. So now that they have Pitts, who's that big body, and it seems like Ryan's comfortable throwing two around the, run the end zone then you know maybe maybe ridley is no longer a 7500 wide receiver and 6600 is just like the correct price for him instead of him being undervalued um i still think he'll get a decent amount of ownership he's he's projected pretty well he's been getting the volume the volume has been there yeah i I prefer godwin over him but if you can get them both in a lineup that's good um do you prefer aj brown over ridley because i think i might I do. I prefer AJ Brown over Ridley. I think it's it really comes. I know Julio hasn't done a ton, but I think like the way that I look at this is the Colts run defense is the best, like, you know, first DVOA run defense in, in the NFL, right? And we've already kind of taken a stand where like we're not playing Henry, and we're not also sitting here saying that the Titans aren't gonna score points, right? So like like if we're not playing Henry, which is fair, I mean he could still score like 70 yards on a touchdown and we're not playing, we're fine. But, like, you know, they're going to score probably at least two or three touchdowns in this game. And, like, what other options are catching those? I mean, is another Pruitt week where he keeps scoring touchdowns? I mean, it's just – 
if I'm not playing Henry and Julio's out and the Colts run defense is tough, it's it it, it almost seems like I I'm saying indirectly that AJ Brown's going to have a good week. I mean, he's back. He's he's back from the injury. Things have been looking good, especially the last two weeks. I don't. I think he was like sick or something there for a bit. Like that was part of the reason. Yeah, he the, wasn't the Chipotle flu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's like he's back to back nine targets, right? Um, you know, like his first big game, he had seven catches, ninety one yards, and then he you know lit the lit the Chiefs on fire for eight catches, one hundred thirty three yards, and a touchdown. Man, so I'm I'm all about AJ Brown this week. Um, total, I, I play him comfortably over Ridley, even just three hundred more. Yeah, and I think when it comes down to it, like there's really guys in that range, and some people that I think might get overlooked because they're more expensive, like paying up to be contrarian idea. I think Debo Samuel is likely overpriced, but that'll keep his ownership down. And he's facing the Bears, who have just been getting pretty ripped apart by uh, opposing wide receivers. And he has upside of eight catches, 100 yards, touchdown games. Um, We've seen it a couple times this year where he's got over 35 fantasy points. So with his upside, I'm interested in playing – potentially a lineup or two that has Debo as, as like a one-off in there. Ooh, um, like it. I think people will go to a DJ Moore first, but mm-hmm. um, Debo is like the guy. Okay. Um, other, you know, let's throw a couple, maybe some cheaper options that we're looking at. I mean, there's, there's one guy that's like sticking out to me, obviously. And I think the game script doesn't make it as nice of a play, but it's going to be T Higgins 5,200. I mean, 15 targets last week. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, but I mean, he, he saw 15 targets last week, six, seven, 10, the week before that. I mean, not the week, in week two, he was out for injury there a bit, but since he's been back, I mean, it, it's, this offense has really, you know, it, it's really Jamar Chase. Yeah, the, it's really, I mean, like Boyd is like, you know, not really usable anymore. I mean, I think he's good if one of these guys is out, but it, I mean, it's really Higgins and Chase. So, I mean, at 5,200 with, you know, he's not going to see 15 targets again, but I feel pretty safe saying to Higgins will see seven or eight targets here. So Higgins at 5,200 is, is giving me some interest. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of the most commonly played players on the entire slate just because he's – pretty heavily underpriced for his role. And I think if he wasn't injured for a few weeks there, then he'd be at least 6K at this point. Uh, so that that's kept him down. The one thing with Higgins, and I think you could easily come off of him on tournaments, is he doesn't really have the touchdown upside. Like his floor is there. It's definitely there. Can't deny it. But um, Chase seems to be the guy around the end zone that they want to throw to, or they'll run it with, with Mixon. So I think that limits him to say outperform that, that big ownership in GPPs. So I'd be off of Higgins and GPPs, but I'm likely playing him in cash because we don't have many good options in that range. We talked about it a little bit um, before we hopped on here mm-hmm. where pretty much all the wide receivers under 5k look the same to me they're they're guys you're playing for volume you're trying to get them to catch them on a six to eight uh reception week you have your crowders your mm-hmm. um lavisca mooney like those are the types of guys in that range um so i think to come off of higgins maybe my favorite play would be um michael Pittman, or i could go with like a callaway um because i don't think callaway is going to get much ownership i think people would go to Pittman. uh what do you think on, on Pittman though? Because he his upside seems relatively limited as well, but 
um, he's pretty much carved out a pretty solid role in that offense. And the Titans yep. defense have, have been, uh, had a lot yeah. of holes. Yeah. I mean, Pippen's a tough one for me. Cause I go back and forth as him as like a prospect or a guy that I like in, in fantasy. So, I mean, you know, last week's great touchdown 105 yards. We did in four targets, like in four catches, like the volume wasn't there. And I think that I had some concern when, you know, T.Y. Hilton, this 32 year old self hobbles back from injury and, and out targets Pittman, you know, like it, I don't know. I'm back at 5,300 though. No problem with it. Am I playing him? No. If you want to play him fine. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like the, the volume hasn't necessarily been there for me to love it, but you, you could talk me into it. I mean, I think with Higgins there at 52, I'd rather play Higgins than Pittman, but I think it's a fine, you know, pivot if you wanted to go to Pittman instead of Higgins, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning the Higgins side. Yeah, I think I think Higgins is, is likely to play at least for cash. I'm just thinking if if Pittman is even that great of a pivot off of him or not, uh, or if he's just basically the same he's play. Um, he's less. I mean, I think it's, I mean less volume. Well, I that's mean, why I think maybe I would go to Callaway yeah. or like up to a Devonta Smith. Like Callaway, I think has the upside with with touchdowns and his breakaway speed that. Um, since Jameis is going to be full of revenge in this game, that Callaway is probably the one that I would end up going with. Fair enough. Fair enough. Any, uh, another wide receiver you want to talk about out there? Um, uh, Corey Davis is out. So I kind of have interest in Jameson Crowder for you. Yeah. So will have to talk me into it. It's not sexy, but I would rather do him than, than Mooney or even Robbie Anderson. that I think people will go back to or LaVisca. Um, the issue is we know pretty much nothing about this Mike White guy, but Jameson Crowder is going to have probably eight to 10 targets in this game. And I mean, we've seen him have touchdowns in the past and they're likely going to be trailing. And the mini, a mini stack of um, Higgins and, and Crowder, you know, two guys that you're paying 10 K for like, that opens up a decent amount of salary in your lineup. So I kind of like those two playing them together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, it's playing a jet in cash. We've already talked about two of them. Like I can't play him. Carter. Carter. No, you can't, can't, man. All right. um, What did you say? They're, they're expected total 16. Yeah. It's like, yeah, pick one of them, man. Gross. Unless you're saying they're scoring both touchdowns. I mean, uh, gross. (laughs) I'm with you, man. I'm a hundred percent with you. All right. Um, you know, if sick of time here, I'm um, asking for your pool of five wide receivers. And if there is a fifth we haven't talked about, just give me a little more. Um, I'll, I'll throw a cup in there. I think Diggs is probably going to get some decent ownership um, as well. But I like Cup. And then I'll say A.J. Brown, Ridley, Higgins and Cash, uh, Crowder. Godwin. Godwin. Yeah. Yep. I, I played. So last week, I I think I talked about this on the pod where um, I was leaving Henderson in flex spots. And since what happened in the first round of games and I was kind of catching up, I um, switched him to Evans in a bunch of spots, which I mean, turned out pretty good. He outscored Henderson. Um, That's great, man. And I knew people were going to be on Godwin a lot. So. I think for this probably save week, you some cash there, man. Yeah, and and I think for this week it could be something similar that if I can switch off Godwin up to Evans, I'd probably end up doing that. Um, or, I mean, 
Keen Allen is kind of gross, but DK Metcalf, 6,800. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I can't do it, man. No. No, no, no. no. I mean, he had that nice. I mean, he's good, obviously. He has I mean, the I'm, upside. And but, but it's just Geno Smith, man. It's just disgusting. Yeah. It's just, I'm fair. not playing Seattle players at all. I'm sorry. It's just not all that right. form. That's fair. Um, tight ends. Um, you know, I, you know me, man. It's, this is going to be my fourth week in a row, likely playing Ricky Seals Jones. I mean, his price has pretty much stayed similar, even though he's an absolute full time tight end. I mean, there's no one switching. He's not in a platoon. He is the tight end on the Washington football team. Um, I mean, he has three X to salary um, every single week since he became a full time starter in week five. So it's just he's 3,800. Like, I, I can't believe he's not mid. I can't believe he's not. He should have been 4,500 last week. He probably should have been 4,500 this week. So to see him at 38K again. Um, he's just a lock to, to 3x that price at this point. I mean, I'm, I might have just jinxed his ass, but at the same time, like at 38k with a, a you know a team like Washington Football Team, I, the Broncos full time role. The Broncos are a bit of a fraud. I mean, he, last three weeks he saw nine, six, and seven targets. Um, only seen one touchdown. And could easily see another. So I mean, it's I'm here for RSJ. I'm continuing to play RSJ if I if I can fit him in, man. Yeah, and that just reminded me kind of what is just saying, but. Um... Cortland Sutton's actually kind of interesting this week too, 6,400 on mm-hmm. the other side of that game. So I think having like a little mini stack of, of RSJ with Sutton is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, Cause everyone, Judy comes back. Everyone's going to, I mean, Judy's cheap too. So everyone's, I mean, if Judy plays, they're more likely to go there, yeah. but yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Ricky Seals Jones is just for 3,800 is pretty safe. Uh, it's, it's similar to the Logan Thomas last year where, I mean, it's not role. the sexiest role, right? play. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't have crazy upside, but you don't necessarily need upside just, for tight ends. You no, don't need multiple touchdowns. Just don't have not for you. him. Uh, are people going to get fancy and play Uzoma after last week and last not. few weeks? I hope they do. I hope, I hope um, the people I'm playing play Uzoma. That's for sure. So that's where, like, he's really – it's going to be, like, him against Uzoma or uh, Fryermuth. I'm hearing some talk about more recently. Yes, he had seven, I'm here for Fryermuth. Some catches last week. Ebron's out. Juju's uh, out. I mean, that's part of the reason, Ebron's and then Ebron's defense. out. They, yeah. they have some injuries on it, and so Fryermuth is getting some talk as well. So it's it's funny. Like, that upper 3K range for tight ends is juicy this week, and I'm not really interested much in, in the five, four to 5K guys. Um, I guess Higby's 4,500 isn't terrible. He's got a pretty good matchup. And, I mean, the Texans have just been getting shredded by tight ends as well. Um, Gasicki, I think, might be too high of a price now for me to play, even though he has been crushing it each week. He's just getting the targets. But like you said earlier, like I play him in two lineups, but not one off because I want to capture it with that the Tua upside. Mm-hmm. Um Hawkinson, I think, is going to end up being underowned and somewhat forgotten about in this matchup. But as I mentioned earlier, I kind of like Lions to win this game. And with that, I think Hawkinson would, would do well. Probably won't get all the way up to Pitts, though. Nope. He's expensive. And then the other guy that's getting a ton of talk is Dan Arnold, who is not a sexy play at all. It's Jaguars. It's 2800 though. So, yeah, you're, you're just... Saving a ton of salary, I just don't know if the upside is really there. Like he's been talked up as being a prospect for being a good catching tight end, but he's hasn't really done it yet. He hasn't proven that that is the case, and 
I really like those other guys in the upper 3K a little more. Um, I don't know. Is, is is there any other guys in there that I missed or you think strongly in the opposite way? No, I, I, I'm playing RSJ, and if I don't play RSJ, I'd play Firemuth. Um, I mean, Higby's nice, but I, 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 the way I'm building my team with my running backs and my wide receivers, you know, all those guys like sitting in the five, six, some maybe seven K range. I don't really have an option to go into the four K range at tight end, so it's it's RSJ for me, and I, I would have no issues if you wanted to pivot to Firemuth just to get a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Pool of three tight ends, Lou. I'll I'll go with. Hawkinson, uh, RSJ, and Firemuth. Muth. Love it, dude. Absolutely <laughs> love it. All right, let's just, you know, coming up in the hour here, let's just close it out with defense special teams. I mean, the one that popped out to me is just going to be Washington football team 2100. Yes, they haven't been good this year, um, but they've looked better. I think you mentioned before the show they've been getting a little more sacks as of late, and I think the Broncos aren't good. So at 2100, like, you know, I, I, when I, you know, if you were to say, Hey Tyler, how much is the Washington football team this week? I would have guessed it would have been like 26, 27. So at 2100, uh, it fits the lineup really well. It's just easy to click. Uh, it is also one of those games where I, I don't necessarily expect there to be a lot of points. I think Vegas has this game at 44 and a half. So I'm here, I'm here for just locking in Washington football team at 21, um, getting a little bit of a sack floor, which I think exists more than we think. Um, Cause let's see. Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, they started off. Yeah. They've had, Three, three, two the last three weeks in terms of sacks. So not so bad. They've had three interceptions over the last three weeks. They've had um, eight uh, sacks over the last three weeks. So pretty easy for me. Any Anyone else interested in? Yeah, I, I was surprised that they weren't like 2,500. I think their price specifically is going to just increase their ownership. Uh, people well, like for sure, the cheap, for sure. The cheap so, defense. It, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, it's like, I don't know if it'll be like, Necessarily like the Cardinals. Uh, they have uh, ETR has them at seventeen percent, which is yeah. So that's highest. probably the, that's probably the highest. Yeah, that's um, their highest. The, I think, as gross as it is to say, Jaguars defense against Gina Smith at twenty four hundred is a decent like another cheap defense that you could go with. Yep, um, absolutely. Other side of the ball, Seahawks maybe they're twenty eight hundred. So that like, game could be that game's going to be yeah slugfest that. You could easily see both of them just being the the cheap options people like to go to. Lions twenty three hundred. I just I don't know. I just keep liking the Lions. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like they they haven't been. They really have to blown win at out. some point, right? And they also haven't been necessarily blown out in most of their games. This yeah, year. in a way, they have looked better than the Eagles yeah. for being at similarly bad. Oh, seven, yeah. Uh, and then I think if if I were to say like pay up, Bills. 3300 or, or like a pay up option. Um, but I don't know for, for the most part, I'm going to look at those, those cheaper teams. All right. Lou, final thoughts week eight before we get out of here. Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting slate. Cause there's a lot of those big name teams. Like we, we don't have the Ravens, the chiefs, um, the Packers had already played like a lot of these big name teams. No Cowboys that go off. Oh, and Cardinals, Cardinals too. So like a lot of the the high end scoring guys are off this slate, which which makes for some interesting teams. And um, there is what four four late games this week, so less than last week. But the late slate games are um, also pretty juicy, I'd say. So I'm excited for it and excited for to see some. 
crazy outfits for Halloween on Sunday watching Red Zone because that's always fun. All right. That's going to do it. Daily Destroyer Week 8 Main Slate Preview on DraftKings. Make sure you follow Lou on Twitter at Sports. Follow me on Twitter at FFFylero. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak.